Welcome to Market Scale Retail. I'm Sean Heath, and today I have an opportunity to have a conversation with the founder of Playtime, Mike Evans. Mike, how are you today? Well, good morning, Sean. I'm terrific. It's a beautiful day here in Denver. Looking forward to this chat this morning. I think you can say it's a beautiful day in Denver most days, can't you? That's fair enough. You know, it's a, but let's keep our that secret to ourselves. You know, when I moved here many years ago from Ohio, I recall learning pretty quickly we get over 300 days of sunshine a year and little by little that word's getting out so this this community is growing pretty quickly you're at a, a pretty important milestone this month it's august of 2018 and that means playtime's 20 years old 20 years must have gone by just like a blink of an eye well it did go by in a blink of an eye you know when we take people through a tour of playtime and i know you haven't had the i don't believe you've had the pleasure of doing that but since you're a you're a guy that would like to get out of that humidity from time to time and visit Colorado. You really should come and take a tour. When we laid out the place, um, we laid it out in such a, a way that it inspires the question, how did this come to be? You know, how did this happen? And so I sort of go back and say, well, the way my career began 30, 40 years ago, I was back in the early 80s, a Chuck E. Cheese guy. So I was fortunate enough to come right out of college, work in the amusement industry, opened up some 50 stores for Chuck E. Cheese all over the country. So that sort of was in my blood. And then after about 10 years through the 80s, running that or working with them at various capacities, including running stores at, at one time or another, uh, an amusement company that we used to buy from at Chuck E. Cheese was relocating to the Denver community. I had been here about 10 years at that time. said, so, you know, I'm looking for a change of pace. Next thing I, you know, I'm running that company for, for a fella that had, again, relocated to Denver. We ended up with two companies selling kitty rides and amusement equipment and then operating and it was that operating arm that enabled me to get to know shopping centers really well sean and and so um you know this leads up to sort of how playtime began and you know it was a, it was 1998 we'd gotten this amusement company off the ground i was operating at that point maybe about so i operated for, for another guy for about uh for a number of years and we had about 90 shopping centers with equipment in it and then he was going to sell that company, so I started the Playtime Companies. And I'm in about 20 malls and knew all the developers. And one day, one of them came to me and said, you know, we were vacationing at a Disney park, Blizzard Beach in Florida, and we saw this really cool product. And it looked like an iceberg floating in the water. And we, and we thought that was the coolest thing we'd ever seen. It was, we, we call those water walks, incidentally. And he said, how can we bring that inside of our shopping mall? Because we have an idea about how to transform some space. This happened to be Cherry Creek Mall. I happened to know the people that created that product and were really working only in water parks. And um, yeah, so being, a, uh, uh, being an entrepreneur that was opportunistic, you know, you always say, yes, we can do that. And then you figure out how, right? And uh, so we connected with that company, signed an exclusive agreement with them and and launched a new division of, of our company, which is the, the Playtime LLC company that it is today. So that's sort of how we came to be. But uh, yeah, the next thing you know, we're on a 20-year venture to, to transform all kinds of spaces beyond shopping centers, but it's been a very fun ride for us. Well, in building that first project, and you really didn't have any, what do you call it, limitations because you were creating a new space within the retail space. Talk to me about how that freedom allowed you to stretch your imagination a little bit. 
Well, you know, it's the old saying, you don't know what you don't know, but let's give it a go and see what happens. And uh, we got lucky, I would say, a bit in that the first project uh, that, that sort of launched our company, Cherry Creek Mall, they were a pretty creative team themselves. Most of our customers really lend, you know, just defer to us for all the creative ideas, et cetera. But they said, look, if we can bring some of that soft, squishy play system that we think is going to be super safe, to the shopping centers, we think that's going to be good not only for the center, for the look of the center, but as a family amenity. Because at the end of the day, you know, kids are going to play by nature on their own, whether you give them something to play on or, or they're playing on the escalators. You know, we think it'll just be a natural home run. And it was. In that case, back in those days, we just simply made the pieces and put them in and you know hope for the best eventually that evolved into being turnkey about the entire process from safety flooring to the play system to the surround etc but you just don't know sometimes where it's going to go you just do your level best to take care of your customer and things evolve pretty quickly from there well where along the line did the concept of bacon and eggs come into the picture well, that's a great question. I'm going, to, I'm going to back up and tell you a story that most don't know or don't remember. So the bacon and eggs was built off of my relationship with Taubman, who's had some of the best shopping centers around the country. At that time, the best in the Denver area was Cherry Creek Mall and still arguably is one of, one of the best, if not the top shopping center. And they, when they said, you know, we saw that product in Blizzard Beach, we have an idea about how to create a cool play space. But, it, but this was coming off about five or six years after the, if you remember the old movie, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Absolutely. Yeah, so they said, you know, if we, we think it'd be really fun to do something that's bigger than life and make everyone else look small. <clears throat> and what happened is before that project, what we actually, the, the very first one was actually a hot dog and, um, and a spilt Coke. And it was like this, it was more of a lunchbox concept. But nobody remembers that very well because that was the first thing we put in Cherry Creek Mall. And what's interesting is that the brass from Taubman came out from, Michigan, that's where the corporate headquarters are, looked at it, said, my gosh, what a hit. It was like ants on a sandwich, right? Just kids everywhere. But they said, you know, this is really an upscale white collar mall. And we've got another mall we think this would look better in. So in their mind, taking a hot dog and a lunchbox set, converting it to a breakfast set, waffles, bacon, eggs, was a cooler concept for that mall. So pretty quickly, within about three months, we we switched gears, built the, the new breakfast set, and so that's sort of a bit of a convoluted way of answering your question. But I think it's interesting that in this case, the customer had a pretty good vision for what they wanted. They wanted it to fit the demographics for that mall. And the hot dog went to the demographics of another mall. Uh, at that time, I believe it was Tuttle Crossing in Columbus, Ohio. So, you know, with that, we thought, okay, well, the shopping center developers, they know what they want. And, you know, we'll fit our product to their, um, to, to whatever they think is going to fit their centers. We quickly learned after that, or shortly after that, when this thing blew up, that the mall said, look, we just want to run malls. We don't know what we don't know about what we want. And so we had to come up with the clever ideas from there. And I would say about 95% of every play area we create today is a vision that comes from our team at Playtime. So it's been a fun ride either way, but it is nice once in a while when a customer knows concisely what they wanted, and that was the case back in the day. You use your imagination at Cherry Creek. That sort of gets the ball rolling. Let's look at where you are today. Has your success outpaced what even your imagination thought was possible? I mean, you have play areas on six continents today. That's absurd. <laughs> it is absurd. And, um, you know, I'd like to say I had this grand vision because I think it's a great story, great division, and then everything falls into place. 
But, you know, in reality, when you start a business, it's one step at a time, right? You just, you just do a good job by your customer. You know, if something doesn't go right, you make it right and uh, keep those customers for life. And then this, you know, before you know it, you're going from walking to running, you know, maybe crawling to walking to running. And that's sort of what happened. What, you know, I remember back in the day when we were originally putting these in, 98, 99, 2000, you know, sort of right on the front edge of the internet. And uh, there were some transformations happening. But really back then, it became about shopping centers trying to do something with those old fountains. Remember the fountains that you used to see in the 70s and early 80s? They were all built in all these malls. And they said, that's kind of passe now. And people sitting around staring at water going up in the air or doing something cute isn't what we're after today as we're going into the millennium. And so we were there about transforming the aesthetics of the center as well as giving an amenity, a reason for people to shop. And so, you know, people couldn't get their heads around play areas that were, you know, thirty, forty, fifty $50,000. They were just like, you know, sort of freaking out. It's like a lot of money at the time. But when this ball started to roll, it started to roll so fast that it was almost like every shopping center had to have a playtime system to keep up with the Joneses in a way because it became an expected amenity. And I would say within three to four years, we went from doing, you know, five or six projects a year to, you know, 50 projects a year. And that was simply in shopping centers. So, no, could I have seen it blowing up like it did? No, I would say a good entrepreneur, though, is opportunistic. Put the right team in place, uh, have a really good reputation with your customer base and become flexible for the other, other opportunities that may, that may come. And, and that's when McDonald's came calling and L.A. Fitness came calling. And so next thing you know, you're in healthcare centers, fitness centers and all these other places. And that was just in the, you know, here in the United States. But, you know, what happens in the United States tends to lag about 10 years in the other countries. And so once we're about seven, eight, nine, 10 years into this, especially with the advent of the internet and we're showing all our projects on our website, we had people all over the world that started seeing us. That's the easy part. You know, they call you and say, Hey, can we do this? Figuring out how do you deploy a team? internationally to, to go and do these installs because their installs are pretty unique and it's almost always our teams being deployed to do the installs and it's again the flooring the seating surround and making sure sure it fits in with the aesthetics so we really had to quickly put a team together and uh yeah it just it just became what it became and i i have heard that recently this was sort of when i stepped away from one of the day-to-day that we were able to land a project in in south africa i think that became the sixth continent for us it's a bit numbing to think about that because I think you've spoken to our marketing person, Ryan, about you know how do we possibly get one in that seventh continent, but until they put a retail space in Antarctica, it's a bit of a challenge. But it's been a fun ride. Could never have seen it coming, but a great team of people around us at Playtime to make it happen. Now, I do want to just mention, for no particular reason, that I was invited to the grand opening, the unveiling, the ribbon cutting of the playtime installation in Antarctica when it takes place. I don't know if they put that in a company-wide email or I'm pretty sure that I got invited to be a part of that. I think it's locked and loaded because it is um, in the public domain. I heard that conversation and uh, so I think you've got a commitment from Ryan. I like that. Now, let's talk about evolution because the retail space, malls and fitness centers and McDonald's, 
they're continually evolving, which means that the ideas of what they want are continually evolving. But there's a parallel evolution happening within playtime because you have to figure out how to design and build and install a play area. And the concept of the play area is evolving, but the way you have to implement this process has to evolve as well. That's an awful lot of balls to be juggling all at the same time. How do you approach that necessary evolution from a design standpoint? Well, the design standpoint, you know, when we go into a player area design process, we sort of ask the three or four questions and that is, you know, what's the space you have to work with, which is really critical because there's safety aspects about how you can lay out the play area. And you certainly ask them, you know, do you have an idea in mind for for a budget? And then do you have an idea in mind for a concept? And if all those are we don't know, then that's okay too. But we, we start, we get the floor plans from the, the customer, depending on if it's a fitness center or fast food restaurant or whatever. But yeah, it's, it's, those are challenging op, you know, opportunities for us because we say, well, we start out with a space and have a general idea of what a budget may look like, but you know, it can go anywhere from having some electronic components on the walls to our soft foam components, which is really what we're known for. And, you know, one way or another, try to have a cohesive concept that, you know, caters to whatever that demographic is. Generally, we're in the six and under space. Sometimes that'll creep up a little bit beyond that. But we want to make it look like it feels right for that client. You know, it feels like it fits into their concept and it makes sense. It doesn't look like it was an afterthought. We don't want to look like it was just plucked in. So I think that's that cohesiveness that we've, um, you know, we've obtained a reputation for being able to achieve something that looks like we were the ideal partner for that customer, whoever that might be. But, you know, the, the, where it goes from there can be a little bit all over the board. You know, back in the day, we were simply the soft foam. And I say simply being, I, I still believe that's the, the right product um, for, for virtually every client. But sometimes that we're compressed in space so much. And our product requires sort of a, a, a spatial um, layout so that the safety zones and all that are maintained. Because of that, we've gone up sometimes, we've built some towers, but usually those towers, like you might see at a fast food restaurant, would be complemented by our soft foam because that's really where you get the wow, right? If you create a frog or something that's really unique and vibrant, then you know the wow effect is what we're after. We, we want to make sure that um, it's a showstopper uh, concept wherever we go, and, um, and that's really where our team uh, is best at. So... I think we've done that. We've achieved something special for the shot for the you know whatever the the, the client is trying to achieve. They're, you know, everyone's trying to differentiate, right? And our job is one way or another to make sure that we've differentiated your that experience, customer's experience of that client. Now there have been quite a few changes in the retail market over the past twenty years, and if I were to invite, say, a child developmental psychologist to look at playtimes designs, they would notice a couple of things. They would notice that playtime focuses on unstructured freeform play. They also would notice that playtime's installations are really designed to improve the customer experience, but you're making sure that people remember that the children that come to play on these their customers too. Their experience is just as important as the experience of the parents going in to buy a pair of shoes. How has that maintained your focus and your drive to the original spirit that you put in this company? Well, that's a really good question. I'd say because some of our customers that you know had our product for 10, 15, 20 years, 
they bring in the new people who are sort of the child psychologists they th- or they think they are and they've got the, the the idea about technology and how that's got to be a, a relevant component of play but you know and i recall sean a project we did in korea about six or seven years ago we did a couple of very large multi-million dollar projects and they they talked over there in terms of you know asian kids are just brighter and more knowledgeable and 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 we look and we have to remind our customers from time to time that that you know that maybe they're well educated in, in asia relative to other kids at the end of the day every kid in the world is a kid at first and so we talk about heads up play and that means we don't, you know, you, you've got the technology of the phones and the iPads and all those kind of things. And so being very cognizant of, you know, technology may have a component from a, an education standpoint, but if we got kids with their heads down, they're not getting the physical play that we're looking for. And it's that physical play, no matter what business we're in, that creates the, the glee and the kids that we're trying to entertain, right? And the, and the parents that really appreciate the business, the kids can come and burn off some steam, have a great time. And just complete and utter happiness. And so that's really what we sometimes find that we have to educate the customer to say, well, you know, we get it. You're my, you're our customer, but it's your customer we're looking after, number one. And trust us, we really know how to entertain that customer. And I don't care if it's a, a kid in Europe or in Asia or the United States. Kids just want to have fun. And the other thing you think about our player is, is that you know, a lot of times these kids are sort of in the preschool age. And it's a great opportunity for them to you know, learn the social aspect of, you know, you'll see a kid playing on, well, let's go back to Cherry Creek Mall, waffle bacon eggs, which is obviously evolved now and it's dinosaurs, but nonetheless, they'll be climbing on a piece and look up, interact with the kid they've never seen before, have a conversation with them. Next thing you know, those two kids are best pals and they're running around having a great time. And that's when you've created a successful experience that the parents really appreciate and will come back time and time again. Now, you mentioned technology and the fact that screens are starting to become ubiquitous. They're everywhere. Uh, Virtual reality, augmented reality is going to become a part of what you do at playtime. It's, It's just going to because you will figure out the best way to integrate the soft foam and the technology. How do you foresee going about that process because that's going to be a seismic shift well it is going to be a seismic shift i think you know it's interesting is there is a way to blend it in as you just said sean but i think we still will always be true to our core and that is while we will enable technology because it's sometimes done right it's it's part of the wow that we're always creating but in our case it'll be a physical point you know when i think of virtual reality now i think of the headsets and you know, you might be moving around because you, you see something in your headset and it's like, oh my gosh, but that's not the kind of virtual reality we'll be looking at. We're doing some things now where we have an entire display across one of the enclosure walls for our playground, as an example, and that will be immersive in a way that as you move, it's mimicking you. There's a shadow across the screen that's mimicking you. So those are, those are some fun ways that you can create uh, technology in a space where you're still moving, um, from a distance, people, everyone can see it. Everyone's immersive in this. You know, traditional immersive VR is with the headset on, right? And that's just you and the headset. But we want the heads, we want that to be not a headset, but a, you know, display that everyone can see what's going on. And uh, if you've done that in a way that's um, encapsulated within our playground and the traditional heads up active play, then it fits. And 
And we do see that as a technology that will satisfy our customer, which is the, you know, is the, um, the retailer or the, the business owner, but in a way that still creates the glee and the joy of the kids. And from the, when you stand back and you look into the player, you say, wow, that whole experience looks fantastic. I see what the kid's doing. And isn't that cool how that technology is, uh, has evolved over the years? And you certainly couldn't have seen that some years ago, but, but it's important that we think out of the box. You know, when we started doing these player, as I mentioned earlier, you know, if you spent $30,000, dollars $50,000 on a playground, it was a lot of money for shopping centers. But there are some multi-million dollar playgrounds. And it's really not about the dollars as much as just the, the wow. If you've created more and more space to encapsulate more and more kids, you do have to have something that's a little bit more immersive than just simply our soft phone. Our soft phone will generally lead uh, us into the future, but we'll have to have those those technology components uh, accessorize the player in. I think the way we the team has has defined it recently is um, an ideal conduit into the future. Well, I have to say, after having looked at quite a few of the projects that Playtime has done, I think it would be safe to say that you are creating a virtual reality in the physical space because you take the fantastic and the imaginary and you make it real. And that's just as much a reality in the virtual reality space as computer-generated graphics on a headset. So uh, congratulations on 20 years of just mind-boggling, fascinating, fantastic installations and projects. I wish you at least 100 years more of success. And it has been my pleasure to talk to the founder of Playtime, Mike Evans. Mike, thanks so much for taking the time today. I wish you all the success in the world. And I really do appreciate it. I've enjoyed it as well, Sean. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, go to marketscale.com industries. And if you have a chance, subscribe to the MarketScale publications for the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries.